Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Man, if you could, would you please open up to... Uh... Your, your Bible, your pew Bible, or your phone, and your Bible app to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we're going to land, we're going to land here in Luke chapter 2. Um, I started playing soccer at five years old. Uh, my family... I was actually born into a family that, that was on the cusp, the, the, the pioneering of say soccer in Xenia when I was a kid. And so I, I lived on the soccer field as my mom coached ball and my sister and brother were playing, playing ball. And so uh, this time, this has been an odd time because the World Cup usually is in the summer, but this time of the year... Every four years, I totally look forward to the World Cup. Whether the U.S. is in the Cup or not, I just love watching World Cup. Some of my fondest memories are watching World Cup. Back in 98, I was working as a doorman. Yes, that is a job, apparently. I was working at a door, as a doorman at our local uh, inn that's connected to the college. And so I knew the U.S. was playing on my shift so uh, and, and as I say this I'm preempting this kids do not do this so I asked the the, the person behind the counter is like can I have a room key <laughs> so I got the room key and I watched for two hours I watched the US play while on shift great memory and they lost um, and then I, I had the privilege of being in China in 2006 during the World Cup as it was being played in Germany and what an experience to be with the Chinese as, um, well, they rooted against all the other countries. And they cheered specifically when Japan lost or Korea lost. What an experience. So uh, yesterday, I, I, ha I carved out my schedule to ensure that I had two hours free to watch the U.S. play the Netherlands in the elimination, the knockout round. And uh, back in 98 and 2006, they didn't have the technology that they have now. And I noticed as one of the U.S. players was coming off the field at like around the 82nd minute, they had this ticker at the bottom of the screen where it said that that player had run like 10.2 kilometers throughout that entire game. And so I'm like, 10.2 kilometers... I don't math well, and I don't convert well. So what was that? It was like 6.6 .6 miles in that game. And I had this sudden realization that it's not 1998, and it's not 2006. 
but it's 2022. And my body was on that couch for two hours while that dude ran 6.6 miles. And I did not get up from the couch very many times, only to help my wife to get milk from her car to the building and to get food. I was stagnant. You ever have those moments where you realize that everyone else is moving and you are not? Right? Maybe in traffic. You're in the center lane. You have one of those moments where you have just been sitting for a long time. And then the sudden feeling that you're moving happens, but you're not moving, but the other two lanes are. And you're like, why am I not moving? Life is actually a story of movement. Our story begins with movement. We exit the birth canal, and our body just starts to shake because that is the first time that we are outside of the womb, and it's cold, and we're scared, and we're shaking, and we're crying, and then air moves into our lungs and our lungs begin to expand for the very first time life is a story of movement and from that moment forward whether you choose to create your future or you allow life to choose your future for you and you merely exist time doesn't stop it just continues And life, our story of life, ends when the movement ceases. When the heart stops pumping blood through your veins. When your lungs exhale for the last time. When the electrical and neurological impulses that run through your body desist. Life is a story of movement. God himself, he's a God of movement. He's not stoic. He's not stagnant. He's actually a very dynamic God. Scriptures declare him as the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Even Jesus said he's the God of the living because he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he's the God that moves through the generations. He's described as the God who walks with his people through the desert. He moves in front of them and he moves behind them. Even when there's this moment where Moses was just needing God and asking God to go with him to reveal himself, God passed by Moses as Moses was in the cleft of the rock. Just like he did later with Elijah. He passed by. And even in the moment where they go through the waters of the Jordan, 
the people didn't stay on the one side of the Jordan. They moved through the Jordan because God moved ahead of God is a God of movement. Your story, your life story is a story of movement. And for the past couple years, I've been very fascinated by the birth story of Christ and how so much movement happens within the story of Christ's birth. Beginning with with Gabriel leaving the presence of God in heaven and meeting Zechariah in the temple and announcing to Zechariah, this old dude, how I feel today, you are going to have a child. Gabriel, the same archangel, leaves the presence of God in heaven and comes to earth and makes this announcement to Mary that you will carry the Son of the Most High. Movement from heaven to earth. From heaven to earth. And then the couple, the royal couple, Joseph and Mary, Nazareth to Bethlehem, from Bethlehem to Egypt. Not to mention those, those shepherds in the fields that are seeing the angels that literally left the presence of God announcing that today, this day, is born to you a Savior in the town of David. And then they leave the presence of the angels as they have left them, and they go to the manger. Not to mention, once they see Jesus, the Holy of Holies, in the manger, they run off and declare it. The Magi following a star that's moving across the sky to see the presence of Jesus, this newborn king of the Jews. There's so much movement in this story. It's a fascinating story. Would you go to the Scripture, Luke chapter 2? And it begins with movement. Verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus, Octavian, the emperor, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Let me just tell you, it's really hard to pronounce that term, Quirinius. It took me years to figure that out. And everyone went to his own town to register movement. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David. Movement. Because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He was pledged to be married, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, Movement. She wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Heavenly Father, as we step into the story for a brief moment, may 
may we not miss the movement of God in our life. And may we become very aware of our movement with regard to you, our God, our Creator. And we ask that you move the human heart so that as we go and move from this moment, that this isn't just a memory, but a movement happens in our life that shifts and transforms other lives because of what you did in ours. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See, the, the birth story inserted while Jesus is in utero the emperor, all the way from Rome, decreed a census that anyone, anyone in the Roman world have a head count. And for that head count to happen, they, they had to go to the, the, the city or the village or the town of their origin, where their family line was. And for Joseph, it was in Bethlehem. And so now the whole entire Roman world, by government decree, now, how many of us moves when the government decrees? Joseph and Mary did. Jesus in utero, and they're traveling from north to south, from, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And they enter in this town, just like the rest of the Roman world. And they get the head count. This is for taxes and more than likely also military purposes. But see, they're on the move. And they don't just stay in Bethlehem. Jesus arrives. Eight days later, he gets circumcised. 32 days later from the circumcision, they go to the temple and he gets dedicated. And at some point, as they're planning to stay in Bethlehem, they have to go on the move again because of the government. Not because of a government decree, but because of the powerful Herod the Great. As my professor deemed him, Herod the baby killer. Because Magi moved from the east in this massive entourage. It wasn't just three kings as the song declares these three wise men or more wise men came they were this was ancient pimp my ride because like they had a huge huge entourage coming in this was not something that you can ignore and they head to Jerusalem or probably Herodium in the shadow of Jerusalem to meet with King Herod. And as soon as Herod finds out that he's been duped by the Magi who have left another way after they had worshipped Jesus, Herod, believing that his power was now in the sights of this newborn king of the Jews, he threatened the lives of 
any child in Bethlehem two years and younger. Joseph, it seems like God spoke to Joseph through dreams. Apparently he was asleep most of the time that Jesus was living. But the angel of the Lord said, you got to get up and you got to go. And so the royal family takes off and they head to Egypt. You know that place that's very significant in the early stages of the story of Israel where they were held captive? They were enslaved? The royal family goes back to Egypt for some time until Herod dies. And then again, Joseph is sleeping and is told, Herod is dead, go back home. Go back to Israel. And as they head back to Israel, on the move again, maybe Willie Nelson was reading scripture when he came up with On the Road Again. I don't know. Sorry, that's a bad joke. That's just me thinking out loud. Keep those thoughts inside, inner monologue. Um, And as they plan, as they actually plan to stay in Bethlehem, I just caught this this week for the first time, that I think Joseph and Mary was planning to stay in Bethlehem, not Nazareth. Because when they had heard that Archelaus, which would have been Herod's son, now had power in Judea, where Bethlehem is, they decided to go to Nazareth. See, Bethlehem was in the shadows of Jerusalem. It would have been a great place for Joseph to work because Jesus, an artificer, carpenter, was like his father. And the temple was being built at this time in Jerusalem. The royal family was on the move at least for the first year and a half to two years of Jesus' life. He was homeless at his birth, and he was homeless and on the run most of his time. But the question is, why is there so much story? Why is there so much movement in the story of the birth of Christ? A lot of heaven to earth and back again, and a lot of earthly movement for the royal family. Why? It just doesn't add up just because it's government decree or because they're running to save their skins. We get a clue when we go back to the very beginning of our story of humanity. If you're kind enough, you can open up to Genesis chapter 3. It's the beginning of our story humanity's story. Adam and Eve were in the garden. Many of you, even if you haven't been in church, you've probably heard this story. The enemy, Satan, a new voice enters in and deceives. Deceives Adam and Eve representative of all humanity. They listen to a new voice that steers them in the wrong direction. And soon enough, the, the fruit from that tree passed over the lips of both Eve and 
in Adam. And it's in that moment. It's in that moment that guilt and shame enter the story of us. Guilt and shame for the very first time enters in. And it's on the inside. And Adam and Eve brainstorm to try to figure out what to do about this new awareness and this nakedness and this guilt and this shame and they try to cover it up with a fig leaf. And then the scripture says this, verse chapter 3, verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Did you hear it? Did you hear the sound of movement? Maybe you missed it. It was in the rustling of the fig leaves. It was in the rustling of the the leaves of the trees that Adam and Eve were, were hiding behind because guilt and shame had entered their story and they were ashamed. And as that's the default movement of humanity, isn't it? Their movement away from God. But see, if we focus in, if our lens and the, the sound booms focus in on on the rustling leaves that are trying to cover it up, we miss the other sound. It's the sound of the Lord God moving through the garden in the cool of the day. Because as Adam and Eve are hiding out, hiding from God, it's God moving toward them. It's God moving toward humanity who is seeking refuge. It's God moving toward you and me as we try to hide everything from Him, others, and ourself. That's the reason that there's so much movement in the story of Christ's birth. Because we not only see the royal family on the run, we see the first family on the run. We see the royal family seeking refuge to save their skin. And we see the first family seeking refuge because of their sin. But God is in both stories at the same time. God is light. And He slowed down. He slowed down to the speed of humanity to enter into our story 
that we have just been trying to hide everything from everyone. To illuminate the darkness. I was, uh, I met with a really good friend of mine, Kyle. He's a pastor. Um, met him at Xenia Nazarene way back in 2008. He was the youth pastor while I was a junior high youth director. We meet from time to time. He sang at our wedding and got to hang out with him and one of my students on, on t- uh, Monday or Tuesday this week. And we were just having coffee and talking and working out our lives. And Kyle quipped. He said, you know, I don't think God moves very fast. I think God moves really slow. And I thought, you know what, Kyle? You're right. I've been thinking about this a lot. I think you're right. Many of us are think we're trying to catch up to God. God is actually wanting us to slow down, to catch up to God. I think a lot of us are trying to move well beyond God to try to catch up to Him. He's just waiting for you to slow down. Love slows down. Love slows down. So that love can be with you. God slowed down. He's still moving. He's still dynamic. He's still the God who hymns us in behind and before and walks beside us and lives within us. But we see in the story of Christ entering humanity coming into gravity God slowed down love slows down so for you me I want to remind you or maybe tell you for the very first time God slowed down because he loves you. He entered our world so that you know that God understands you. And that when we look at Jesus, not only in the manger, but his life, we can actually begin to understand God and humanity. challenge before you is slow down pause with your family with each other and by yourself so you can catch up to God so you can listen for him you can walk like him and be with him because that's Emmanuel God with us God with you God with your family God with the church can happen in the church too 
We can move so fast that we miss it. That we miss it. Would you please stand? Heavenly Father, by nature, moments move. We move from one moment to another, and I don't want us to move from this moment yet. I do believe that you're speaking into hearts right now. And if you here this morning with your heads bowed and you've heard that love slowed down for you so that you can connect with love and you've heard that for the very first time. It just makes sense in your heart. It makes sense in your mind for the very first time. That God sent Christ not only to die on the cross and rise from the dead, but God sent Christ that you know that God is with you and that He understands you and that you can understand Him even in our finite minds. If that has made sense for you for the very first time, and you want to connect, and you don't want to move from this moment without connecting with your Creator, without beginning a relationship, because guilt and shame, you have been trying to hide that. But He wants to breathe life into that. If that's you, just ask that this morning, in this moment, that you make this your moment, and you ask Jesus along with me. Jesus, I give You my life. Enter in my heart to the depth of my soul. Jesus, I give You my life to receive Your life. Forgive me of my sin. And make me clean on the inside. Make me new. I give You my life. If that was you, and you prayed that with all sincerity of heart and mind, would you acknowledge that this morning, today, by looking at me and making eye contact with me? Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the movement of God through your people in this community and in this church. May we slow down. May we slow down and allow you to care for us in the places that we can't. I love you, Jesus. I ask that your hand be on each of these families here today. Bless them. 
shine your face upon them. May they experience peace in a very real way. Grant them your favor. It is in your name, Jesus, we ask. Amen. Folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Will you please love your neighbor as yourself? Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Go Bengals. Thank you for listening to the Wapaknaz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.